On this week's episode, join us as we solve Gamerhead Radio and the puzzle of the bearded heart. Gamerhead Radio starts now. Hey, there it is. I see it. Oh, we start the show now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still terrible at this. All right, so, man, there's like no lead-in, no nothing. Uh, welcome to 170 of the Gamerhead Radio Podcast. I am GOAT. Completely befuddled on this thing still. You almost said that like you kind of forgot who you were for a minute there. It's as if, as if everybody hasn't known you as GOAT for the last forever. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, John, John, you want to... Oh, it's my turn. Uh, Jonathan <laughs> Santiago, a.k.a. Fallon Flynn. Morbius for villains! Come on! I just figured you you were already talking, so you just sort of just segue into your own introduction. Yeah, I, uh, that's true. I'm with you, Charlie. That's, that should that have was, been that like was a no-brainer. Yeah, that was me. That here was I'm sitting here making fun of Goat, and then I'm just like, hey, can't remember what I'm saying. That was, uh, uh, get me out of the shadows a bit here. And I am Charlie... Um, Confrazzled, Technotronic, or Worthley. This got to be confrazzled, man. Then three cons in 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 six weeks. No, five weeks. Bad idea. That was a bad idea. I'm not sure what I was thinking. <laughs> it didn't um, seem like a bad idea at the time, though, did it? No, no, it seemed like an amazing idea at the time. Mm-hmm. But um um um, you know, you 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 know that you've really committed to the con lifestyle when you feel bad for getting more than five hours of sleep, in a night. <laughs> so um, but uh, but yeah. Hooray. Hooray for productivity, I guess. Hey, man. I would be disturbed at this point if you didn't find your way to a convention after the last handful of weeks, since for everybody at home listening, this is the first show we've done together in, like, three weeks. Yay! Where we're all in the same place at the same time, and without technical difficulties. Well, virtually in the same place virtually. at the same time, anyways. Yes, virtually. Yeah, say. We, uh, yes. we, uh, we, 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 we uh, are trying to, pr- probably after, at some point after... Uh, t- uh, next week, because next week I'm going to be missing again. Um, we, we've been wanting to get back together into the studio to do like an actual in-person show again. Um, so hopefully that'll be coming sooner rather than later. But yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, but yeah. So so that that being said, um, um, hi, I'm I'm back for this show. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about what we did this week. Let's start with Charlie, since uh, you know since he didn't bury the lead, and uh, we talked about conventions and, and such. Charlie, tell us about your your road adventures. So last week I took a much shorter road trip than the last one, anyways. Uh, actually, it wasn't even a road trip at all. I'm not even sure why I said that. We flew down to uh, down to <laughs> Kansas City, Missouri, for uh, Midwest Brony Fest, um, a Brony convention down in uh, well Kansas City, as you might gather, because that's where I flew to. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, the um, it's definitely the shortest trip that we've taken. Norm- you know, it's the first one. This is the first time I've flown in eight years. I'm just I just don't get a chance to fly very much. I haven't flown since my and Michelle's honeymoon together, actually. And um, so, uh, but yeah, so we we hop down. It's like it's like an hour and a half to two hour forty five flight, depending on you know winds and everything. Um, hop down to Kansas City on Friday night. Wasn't able to do Friday of the con just because I couldn't justify taking off work because I have long out of vacation days. Um, uh, hung out there, got to meet uh, even more great new people. Had had some more great new times. Uh, took some more great fo- you know uh, photographs. It's just uh, it's uh, absolutely worth going to. Um, 
But side note, if you ever do make it down to the KCI Convention Center area um, or around there, uh, which is the, the convention the convention center and then like the cluster of hotels around it just next to the Kansas City Airport, um, do not, and I repeat, do not stay at the plaza. Um, despite the name, it is, um, and whatever whatever that name might suggest to you, just based on, I don't know, whatever, whatever that brings to mind, um, it's not that. It's, it's not that at all. Um, the uh, you know, just 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 to give you one little um, piece of insight into what our what our weekend was like there, the um, the air conditioner in the room. Um, uh, I uh, well so so the uh, if you weren't aware of like a lot of like the weather problems that that happened in the Kansas City area a couple last week, there was tornadoes, there was rain, there was storm. Like the um, the like two thirds of the guests of the convention completely missed Friday of the convention because they were stranded in Denver for 24 hours um, because their flights got canceled because of tornadoes. Oh, so, the worst. Um, yeah, it was awful. But um, so so it may have been because of the weather, or it may just have been because the air conditioner, like the condenser, condenser was like clogged and leaking or whatever. But um, there was a a a, a small lake of water that um had soaked. The carpet like out from where the air conditioner was into the bedroom Jesus that we had to Christ. like duck around the entire weekend they didn't care and there were actually puddles of water like all over the hotel like on the ground floor like it was it was, it was just awful um so 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 avoid the plaza uh say at the holiday Inn, much nicer um but that being said uh interesting weekend fun weekend um and uh, and then yeah just scooted back up and uh for memorial day here and um but yeah so uh not too much not too much to say aside from that, other than um, my uh, my time has pretty much entirely been spent into um, getting ready for MLP MSP, the uh, the Minnesota Burning Convention that I'll be at next week. And um, yeah, it's 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 kind of weird to think about that for all the convention work that I've done and all that I've talked about, like you know, like you know, getting involved with them and being promoted to like vice chair of Winnie City, like you know, being you know. You know, taking on like uh, Insider Fest and like the other cons that I've done. MLP MSP one year ago this month was the first con I worked ever. <laughs> so it's uh, the um, the uh, the amount the amount of the amount of experiences and new friends and new just new new everything that I managed to pack into the last year is just kind of mind boggling. No, I'll, I'll back that up, man. I'll I'll agree with you on that because I, I I think we can all agree that we the three of us are all substantially busier men than we were uh, exactly a year ago. Fuck, we we're, we're substantially busier men than we were six months ago. Yeah, true. You know. God damn this being grown up thing. And whose idea was this anyways? Yeah. But mm. yeah, for real. But uh, but yeah, no, the um so so it'll be it'll be great to go back to the first con that basically gave me a chance at uh, being on staff and um doomed me to uh, forever working cons, it seems, for the rest of my life. Uh Lisa, oh, poor Lisa, Charlie. I have a feeling that, that there's there's a special space in your bearded heart. <laughs> Charlie's heart does have a beard on it too. I've seen a cat scan. Um, there's there's a special place in your bearded heart for those cons, don't you? Because we have the same thing all the time. Goat and I joke around about it, like whenever we, we're doing villain shows, or whenever the three of us have all been at cons together. Because you've been to a bunch of villain shows too. Um, like you feel like you want to kill yourself while you're doing it because you're so tired and stressed out. But but like at the end of it, you're like, I don't care. I love this anyways, and I'm gonna keep doing this because it makes me happy. It makes my bearded heart happy. And it makes lots of other people happy too. Yeah. But yes. There's an episode title for you right there, Bearded Heart. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was my week. Um, uh, uh, Goat, how about you? What did you do over the last week of your life? Uh, slept very little um, behind my iron curtain. 
He's got a couple iron curtains going right now, too. Oh, I'm so deep in iron, I could probably start my own fucking mill. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I just, I got everything and anything going on, and eventually I'll be able to tell the fine folks what I've actually been doing, but until then, um, stuff, things, and items. <laughs> Just for the viewers, I don't even know what's behind the Iron Curtain, so so don't don't feel bad the goat's not telling you guys because I don't even know. So I'm excited to find out, probably just like the rest of you guys. Are. Well, that'll that'll lead us to the um to the next part. That'll lead us to the uh like I'll give a little bit of insight into the Iron Curtain because Charlie Charlie and Goat and I have been so like literally geographically separated for the last few weeks that um, we haven't been able to keep Charlie abreast of what's going on. But right now, in the current in the current scheme of things, time wise, when I'm busy, that usually means Goat's busy because Goat's doing villain stuff uh, yeah. with us. So um, Goat and our um, our stage manager Jr. and um, his brother Ed, who works with us from time to time, are building set pieces for our new show, which is supposed to be debuting at Anime Midwest in just like you know a month, just a hair under a month. Um, and while they're doing that, which the progress I've seen um, so far is fucking great. It's neat. Um, and uh, I've been working on costume stuff all week. There are parts made. There are things that were ordered for parts. It's all in route. It's finally happening. All this shit we've been rambling on about for the last, like, six, eight months. Um, and it, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it's all coming to fruition finally. And uh, this, this, you know... This Anime Midwest is going to be a big deal for us because not only are we de debuting a new show, but they're, we were told – I can't talk numbers because they want to keep it to themselves. I was told that their numbers are um, – their pre-order numbers are massive compared to last year's and the year before and the year before that. Like, um, Let me put it to you like this. Their pre-order their pre numbers have almost doubled since last year. Wow. Um, which they had a pretty big turnout last year, so that's good for them. Um and not to mention, this this convention's going to have the voice of Steven Universe there this year, and it's going to have Marceline from uh, the the voice of Marceline for for uh, you know as a guest as well from Adventure Time. So I like I'm excited about those two things just alone. That's, so, I didn't know that. That's amazing. That's happening, sir. That's oh, wow. that is confirmed. Um, uh, so, do you happen to know if Marceline, the, if her voice actress, is going to be doing any singing? I don't, but I have. I'm half tempted to have my brother whip together a cover of one of the songs she does on the show and ask her to come do it with us. <laughs> right? Yeah. That. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. Don't tempt me, God. Don't. <laughs> I, no, I'm tempting you. Nope. Consider yourself nope. tempted. Nope. Mm -hmm. We have enough mm -hmm. going on. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like either either um the uh, which one the daddy. Why did you eat my fries? That one or <laughs> what's the other one? Um, I don't know. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I don't, whatever doesn't matter. But that's that's what I've been doing all week, just getting ready for my uh, my show stuff coming up here. We got a lot to do, and everybody is in like full swing villain mode, including Goat, poor man. Yeah. But you'll see his contributions, and they will. Uh, I'll put it to you like this: they will tower over uh, everything <laughs> else that we've done. His accomplishments. Ah, that's a, it's a terrible joke, and you'll see what I mean. Anyways. Oh my God! That yeah. Like, mm. John, you've gone to a new level. You're doing cryptic dad jokes. I'm I'm doing I'm doing time travel <laughs> dad jokes. This is I'm planting the seed now. That's oh boy, mm, buddy, you don't even know. Oh yes, yes. So, uh, Charlie, uh, why don't you tell the good people at home what's uh, what's coming out this week in the world of uh, interactive entertainment? 
Well, John, I'd be happy to. On Monday, June 6th, we've got Iron, uh, Hearts of Iron 4 coming out on the PC and Mac, and Stranger of Sword City coming out on PC. On Tuesday, June 7th, Guilty Gear... I still don't know how to pronounce Zerd. Exerd. 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 Guilty Gear Exerd Revelator. Uh, I'm assuming it's an expanded edition. Uh, I've got a PS4 and Xbox One. Uh, Mirror's Edge Catalyst is getting its release on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Yeah. Uh, Paragon Essentials Edition on the PS4. Odin's, uh, Odin Sphere Lifetrazer. I think I may have gotten that right. On the PS4, the PS3, and Vita. Uh, the Book of Unwritten Tales 2 on the Wii U. Um, Atelier Sophie, the Alchemist of the Mysterious Book on the PS4 and the Vita. Uh, SteamWorld Heist on the PS4, the Vita, the PC, and the Mac. MXGP2, the official motocross video game on the PS4 and the Xbox One. Uh, Broken Bots on the PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Mac. Ducati, 90th anniversary on the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, Psychonauts uh, is getting its uh, a port over to the PS4. And uh, Soul Axiom. On the PS4, all of that is on Tuesday, June 7th. Wednesday, June 8th, uh, Soul Axiom is getting its release on the Xbox One because their arcade games come out on Wednesdays. And Friday, June 10th, uh, Kirby Planet Robobot is coming out on the 3DS, as well as Sherlock Holmes, The Devil's Daughter, is getting a release on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Um, yeah, and then uh, looking into the future, uh, the uh, the only thing uh, worth note that's coming up here, uh, according to Kotaku, is that Ori and the Blind Forest Definitive Edition is getting a port over to the Xbox 360. So, good on you, 360 owners. You're gonna be able to play that now. Woo! Yay! Uh, and that's it for video game releases. John, clearly you're excited about Mirror's Edge. My face. You can't see it at home. I'm listening, <laughs> but my face is like. It looks like an emoji, or like he, that I had a stroke and it got stuck like that. But that's true. He's, he's basically a human smiley face, yes. That's true. I'm very happy. Look, the first Mirror's Edge did not sell well when it came out, despite being hotly anticipated. And initially, EA and DICE said, well, DICE wanted to make Catalyst, or whatever would become Catalyst, and EA said no, because nobody bought it. Or not enough people bought it, rather. And it slipped into cult hero status. Now we have another opportunity to take, like, everybody's always bitching that they don't want a multiplayer-only game. Everyone's bitching that they want a story-rich game that is just a narrative with a single player where they focused on making it as fun and as awesome as they could. They have done that. There is no multiplayer component to this game. It is just a game made for people who want traditional video games. We finally have one that's coming out. If you don't fucking buy it, then they're going to stop doing stuff like this. So if you're excited for this game, even remotely, Go out and rub your dollars all over it and bring it home to be your own. So, yes, I'm very excited about that game. There's a couple other things you mentioned in the list that sound good to me um, that I'm sure I will play at some juncture, you know, in passing here or there, but uh, I don't have any fucking time. So, um, yes. What about you guys? Um, I'm, uh, I would love the, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about playing Mirror's Edge someday. Um, <laughs> the, uh, you got to first, don't you? Yeah, and and Uncharted. Um, so and and and, uh, and I have and, you know, and much to my embarrassment, I haven't even touched Fallout 4 yet. So I mean, I've got I've got I mean, like I don't. I'm I'm very much looking forward to the break in in, in my in my schedule um, after um, after MSP is over. Then I'll have another con until uh, until October, the very 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 end of October for Cider Fest, and so. Um, the madness will recede, and I'll actually be able to return to something of a normal gamer life again. So I'm very excited about that. Um, Goat, what about you? Mm, not really. I, I... Nothing. Huh? 
Did you did you play or like the first Mirror's Edge Goat? Nope. No. Do you you either you didn't like it or you didn't play it? Didn't play it. There you go. Fair enough. From what I understand, I'm it'll it's not good for visually impaired people to play. You don't think so? Okay. It's very well, what I've heard it's very like snappy and whip around and right. so I've I've been told not to play it by several people. Yeah, yeah. it's if it, it, you know it, on top of the fact that it is a first person shooter, it is very uh, it is very actiony. Yes, yeah, so I, I can I can I can see why you would be told that. Um, Apparently, people don't want me to cover my floor and vomit, which I thank you. Seconded, thirded, fourthed, whatever. <laughs> um, uh, real quick, John, before we move on, um, yes. just want to say that um, Darcy is 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 uh, expressing her excitement for the new villains show. Um, so yay, we're awesome. very excited too, Darcy. And and I saw your 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 Mrs. Agitator uh, vest that you got. That's impressive. She she cosplays Mrs. Agitator. At the shows, and she has just over time slowly built her costume into something that's very impressive. It's very, it's very cool, man. Um, so we're excited to show it to you. I hope you approve. And on that note, um, if for anybody that's watching, um, if you can watch on the Hangouts version of the show, because uh, there is a Q&A app in there that you can mm -hmm. use to ask mm -hmm. us questions as we go and comment on things. We might not get to everything, just so we don't have a, end up with a three, four hour show. But um, uh, please, if you have any questions or comments about any, any of the stories or anything we talk about as we go, that's the best place to put them. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you can also use YouTube comments, but we might not see those quite as expediently, and then uh, as well as our other social media channels. Um, the Q&A app in the, in the Hangouts version of the show is the best place to best place to go to if you want to interact with us. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah. So uh, then let's let's talk, gents, about what we did for video games here this week. What did what did anybody get an opportunity to play, if anything at all? Go. Well, oh. Um... <laughs> He's I'm like, who me? No, who I'm me? Fine. One of the I, I, I will be the first one to admit I'm pretty <laughs> fucking burnt out today. Uh, <laughs> this is the. Th third computer screen I've stared at in 12 hours. So, uh, let's see, what did I play this week? I did find a little bit of time between screaming and yelling and, and painting. Um, I played Diablo 3 a little bit, to no one's surprise. Uh, I'm cooking right along through fours of five. Like, it's actually, like, moving right along just because it's been easy to pop in and pop out of that. And then I did something really crazy the other night when I couldn't sleep, and I um, started uh, Quantum Break. Oh. Oh, okay. What do you think so far? I get it. Yep. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> kind of pissed it took me this long to open the packaging. It's that good, is it? Yeah. Oh, it, it, it is that there's good. Points, yeah, there's Holy points shit. where I'm like, I've been, I was like, I got to go to work. I got... It's a little bit... No, no, <laughs> no. They won't, they won't notice. They're not even going to notice. Episode ends... I'm done. That's 45 minutes of watching another episode. Nope, moving on. Put it down. Just put nope. it down. <laughs> put it down. Run while you can. Goat, yeah. I know those feels. Yeah. So when you start hearing the birds and you're like, shit, I've been up all night. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you know what that's called? That's called a good gaming experience. That's what that's called. If the game's good that, enough that it sucks you in like it did when you were a kid, then it's doing the right thing. Well, that's called sleeplessness and power tools. But hey, whatever. <laughs> it's true. Uh, that's all I got in, which I actually... A lot. Given... Goat, I'm, I'm, I gotta admit, I'm confused. I thought you like beat Diablo three on like the hardest mode. Like I thought you were done with it. Like what do you, what do you still have to do? Um, well, one, it's fun to play with my friends. If you oh, so you, oh, so you're not playing for game progress anymore? Oh uh, yeah, yeah well, yeah, with. I still have uh, two achievements left. I'm working on 500 bounties, which I'm at 390 or so. 
of for 25 gamers score, and then I gotta break 50 things at a time to get the last one. Gotcha. Okay. So, but it's just for the thousand gamer score. So, but oh. I mean, to put it in perspective, to do a full run of the bounties, there's five acts. Uh, it's 25 bounties per full run of of the the game. We'll say. So to do 500 is no small feat. I've learned. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> so. What about you, Charlie? What did yeah. you do this weekend? Um, so basically, just on Memorial Day, I got some time to put uh, to put into Tomb Raider. Um, I'm uh, I'm very close to the end of the game. Um, I can tell. Um, I, I've I've decided that I'm still. I, I don't think I'm trying to 100% the game, but I am trying to clean up on a few achievements. Um, just you know, ones that I'm close to as far as like collecting like relics and things like that. Just some of the collectibles that are scattered about. Um, so um, so I'm sort of just doing some a little bit of cleanup here and there. Um. Um, but uh, I anticipate I'll probably finish that game the next time I play it, um, as long as I've got a couple hours. Um, but um, yeah, so uh, so I haven't finished it yet. I was hoping I'd be able to talk about it the next time I came on, but uh, sadly not the case. But uh, aside from uh, aside from Rise of the Tomb Raider, that is the uh, that is the only that is the only game I got to put into the last week, um, just because cons. So yeah. John, how about you? Um, so I played a handful of things this week as I have a tendency to... Like, I keep telling everybody I'm going to slow down and stop trying to play ten fucking things at once, but I have the attention span of a goldfish, so that's very difficult. Um, but before I do that, I will say this, because you talked about it on... Uh, I think it was last week's show, on your way home, maybe, when you were in the car. Or when you were in the car not driving while you were no, live broadcasting. Yeah. Oh, green yeah, screen. when... Yeah, yeah right. he was in the green screen studio. Yep, 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 yep. Um, Charlie sent me a copy of Ready Player One to listen to on Audible, which is an audiobook version of the Ernest Klein novel Ready Player One, which is being adapted into a feature film by Steven Spielberg currently. Um, I am about ten chapters into that right now. I've been Mm -hmm. listening to it just when I have a couple minutes here and there. Um, I'm very much enjoying it. It's way too early for me to... um, It's way too early for me to... Love it. Opine... Uh, on on the book, um, it it definitely tickles your nerd fancy, from what I can tell so far. I agree with you, Charlie, that even only ten chapters in, there's no way in hell they're going to be able to faithfully depict this. Purchase all, all the licenses, all the licensing, and everything. Only, that, yeah, yeah. Shit, like um, <laughs> the only criticism I have for it, which which maybe it will it will go away as I listen, um, is that because it is so on the nose with its uh, um, geek and nerd pop culture references, it sometimes, not all the time, sometimes it feels a little bit self-serving in the way that it's written, just because if you took those things out of this story, there would be no story from up to where I'm at now. It would be very loose things that are structured around ideas that belong to other people. Um, so, But they're very cleverly put together. I'm not complaining. I'm very much enjoying it. It's... Um, um, it's too early for me to talk about other things in it yet, um, but just so that Charlie knows where I'm at in it without spoiling anything for anybody, um, um, I the main character has just met his online crush. Gotcha. Um, and has been denied departure to the second area. 
Gotcha. Nope. I, so, I don't know yeah. exactly what you're talking that's, about. That's all I'm going to say without spoiling anything. Uh, it's um, very entertaining. The back and forth between those two is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, uh, How are you liking Will Wheaton's uh, reading? Really good, man. Really, yeah. really good. Sometimes it's it's good enough that you forget you're listening to Will Wheaton talk, and he has yeah. a very distinctive uh, inflection in the way that he speaks. So uh, he does change it up depending on who he's, who he's uh, playing or reading as. It's not, like, madly dramatically acted, but it is well done, very well done. Um, I and and it's really funny. There's a section where he talks about watching Star Trek, and it's just funny to hear, you know, Will Wheaton <laughs> talk about somebody else watching Star Trek. It's meta in a way, which is very appropriate for the audiobook. It almost seems like he becomes a part of that thing in that way. It's weird. I don't know. Um, so there's that. Um, otherwise, this week I played a bunch of different things. Uh, a lot more Talos Principle. I'm about I'm about three hours away from finishing this. I'm about five hours into the game. Um, I'm going to wait to talk more about this because it is a puzzle game, and we're going to be talking about puzzle games for our feature coming up, um, so I won't say anything about it. Um, one of the free games with gold was Costume Quest 2, um, and I started tinkering with it just to... I always try whatever is free games with gold, uh, and I found myself really, really enjoying this. Um, I've been playing it a lot. I'm like three hours into it or something, and so I, I, I dig it, man. It's cool. It's a lot of fun. Um, Killer Instinct Season 3, was playing it online, I got my ass beat by a guy playing Gargos earlier, I'm still bitter about it, I don't want to talk about it, my feelings are hurt. Um, Super Meat Boy is one of the free games of gold, I've been playing Super Meat Boy again, I completed it when it originally came out, and I'm playing it again because it's so damn good. And I always forget how much I love the soundtrack for that game. Um, and then I played some uh, Gear VR stuff. Uh, this week to uh, Omega Agent, which uh, Danny Waskow recommended to us some months back. I've been playing that little by little by little. Gentlemen, you need to buy that game, Omega Agent. It is, it's one of the more fully fledged, fully fleshed out games on the Gear VR. It 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 plays. The only way I can describe it is, it's kind of like Pilot Wings for the Gear VR. Pilot Wings 64 for the Gear VR. Only you're flying just the jetpack. But you can do all these neat things in it, and it's very open world and one of the more full-fledged games. I, I recommend it. Um, and then this week, Tactera came out for the Gear VR, which was a demo, um, which is almost like a, a real-time strategy game, board game that kind of phases down in front of you, and you can move your troops by looking at them and tapping the um, headset. It's really fucking good, man. It's one of the best games on there. I think I'm of the opinion because it is it's a full game like you're playing an entire game so um, I highly recommend Tactera check it out if you have a Gear VR and the, the you know Oculus Gear VR it's very cool uh, that's all I played this week okay yeah go you've you 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 read Radio Player One correct yeah I read it on Warp that's what I thought okay so I just want to make what sure did you that, uh... what did you think of it go um. I don't know. I thought it was better that Will Wheaton didn't read it to me. But <laughs> do you not like Will Wheaton? Uh, no, I love Will Wheaton. I don't like audiobooks. I don't mm. understand the concept of it. It doesn't help anybody. <laughs> yeah. it, well, it helps you when you don't have time and you're constantly in your car. That's when it helps you. <laughs> yeah, because I can't read when I'm driving across the country. That's where it no, helps. No, that's me. it. That's <laughs> it helps me train. I spend a lot of time in the car, so that does. Yeah, I, I can understand that me. part. I just I don't. I like reading. I like actually reading. You learn like. I learned how to spell words and stuff like that, and it, it, I get more <laughs> out of actually reading than hearing somebody talk to me. <laughs> oh, I, don't get me wrong. I prefer to read as well. Mm -hmm. I just yeah. don't realistically have the time. Like, if I hadn't listened to Ready Player One on my road trip, I think you, you were not on this show, so I think you may have missed the context unless you listened to the episode. But um, um, 
the uh, you know the only reason I, I was edited even... the episode, so yes, I heard it. <laughs> Just saying, um, the uh, the only reason I was able to consume... so sassy. The only, the only reason I was able to consume Ready Player One is because oh, I was yeah. able to do so while I was writing. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I get the, I get the idea. Like this, my father wrote a book that I still have not read, even though it is the one thing I want to read more than anything in the world because I don't have time to sit down and read it. Yeah, so I'm gonna read that yeah. in September. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm uh, I'm just curious. Has Nick been approached to do the audiobook reading of that book? <laughs> no, but it should be done. Either that or me, because I could do all that shit. Like, either, yeah, either one of you or both of you. Heck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's awesome. Anyways, though, um, speaking of of reading, really quick before we wrap up and go to news, um. Not video game related, just awesome related. Two things. One, I finished the second season of Flash finally. You guys both need to watch it if you haven't. It is one of my favorite things on television right now. It's just mm. awesome. It's just catching fun, up. full of fucking joy. Two, um, DC Rebirth comic books. They kind of not relaunched the DC Universe. They just retconned New 52. I read that issue finally today and caught up. That is fucking awesome, and I'm very excited about it. So if you're a comic book fan that listens to Gamerhead Radio, go buy DC Rebirth issue number one. It's still out on shelves. Probably it's second printing now. Just go get it. It's awesome. Um, so yes, watch Flash and, you know, rub it all over your face. Yes, that. But uh, now that you know what we did in video games this week, let's talk about what the industry did in video games. So we've got news, gentlemen. News coming out of our ear holes. It's a mixed bag this week. A little bit of joy, a little bit of sadness, a little bit of silly, uh, and a little bit of liquid refreshment. So let's go ahead and jump into it. Number five, um, Blizzard has a bona fide hit on their hands with Overwatch. Um, when you talk about um, video game hard copies, uh, uh, and when you talk about just a, a full-price game selling these days, if you sell... A million copies, you have a hit. If you sell two million copies, you've got a hit. It's it's a big deal. Uh, Blizzard managed to sell uh, more than seven million copies of Overwatch uh, since its launch on the 24th of May. So inside of two weeks, they've managed to sell a disgusting amount of copies of this game, which is pretty crazy. Now, if you guys remember, we talked about it that there were 9.7 million players that took place in the uh, the beta. Um, you know, so they they lost a couple million sales from people who tried it and just didn't didn't want to bite. But it, you don't really see games sell like this anymore on a uh, you know on a, on this this sort of a scale for number. Um, and they they threw some figures out there which were kind of fun too. They said that 326 million times people have swapped heroes in the game while playing. Um, and, and it's it's just massive. It's just massive, this game. It's taking off everywhere. Their marketing campaign was a big success, um, and, and people are anticipating that not only your sequel is going to come from this, but that they're going to develop the lore further into something more than just the game, which I hope they do, because that is honestly the best part of it, um, easily. I know that neither of you are interested in or are going to pick up this game, because it's it's just not your bag. 
But what was the last time you could remember a game selling like you hear this massive, disgusting number of copies sold for a game? What was the last time you could think of something that sold that many? Call of Duty, fill in the blank. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of curious. The last one I hit that number was Black Ops Two. Maybe um, one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna see. I'm kind of curious. So, I mean, however, will we find out exact numbers with these computers directly in front of us on the internet? <laughs> well, that, well, I'm live googling right now. <laughs> the, um, I mean, you know, the original World of Warcraft, I know, was a huge day one success. Yes. Yeah. Well, the original Warcraft. Duke Nukem Forever was a huge day one success. <laughs> <laughs> lies, lies, and slander. What? It came out. That was a success. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, in that in that regard, yes, I suppose. So I'm gonna look it up here really quick. Um, what do you got? Even I mean, like even something, even something that was a, a gigantic hit um, when it launched, which was hotly anticipated. The last thing I could remember that you know um, from a last generation that picked up um, a lot of steam was let's just use Bioshock Infinite for an example. Um, Within it took two months for Bioshock Infinite to sell 3.7 million copies. All right, yeah. And that game was hotly anticipated and well reviewed. It took them up to this is the by the end of 2015, it has sold 11 million copies. So it, it, in over well, two years, I don't know if we can use that, John, because that's old disk base. You need to find something that's been on Steam and, and currently you can download Overwatch. Oh, no, I, w I would be willing your, to bet that... On your hard drive in 10 seconds. Well, not 10 seconds. Maybe 12 seconds. Yeah. I would be willing to bet that a lot has has you know sold big numbers in the last couple of years outside of the Call of Duty games. I would be willing to bet that um, yeah. Metal Gear sold big numbers and uh, Uncharted has just sold big numbers. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of things that are selling big, but usually it takes a minute to get to this level of sales. I mean, you don't really see hits like this anymore, and this is just a multiplayer-only shooter. There's Well, yeah, but John, you got to remember, Call of Duty's ran themselves on the ground. No one cares about it. Those people have to go somewhere. Overwatch is their new shining light, and they'll run yeah. to it like yeah, yeah. moths to a flame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I'm very excited about the future of that game. What it is now is a little more shallow than I want, just out of gameplay. The actual character designs and, and development, I'm into all that. I love all that. The music is outstanding, even if there's not a lot. I just want there to be more substance to it than multiplayer-only shooter because most of the time when people make multiplayer-only shooters... What they made doesn't really like the lore behind it, or what it could, it's not really that interesting. But this, what they designed, and the short films they keep putting out for, I'm telling everybody, even if you don't like the game, go watch those short films. They're Pixar quality, like awesome little short films. They think they've done like three or four of them at this point now, and they're really good. So just go check them out on your YouTube channel. Yeah, I don't. Um, I personally don't. You know, my 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 interest in the game is growing just because of the buzz around it. Um, mm -hmm. um, but uh, those those shorts are just phenomenal. I mean, they're they're yeah. just amazing. Um, John, um, I have the answer for you. Only one game has sold more copies than this at launch, and that was Grand Theft Auto V. I believe it, and that seems that seems reasonable to me, but. Nothing else I could think of off the top of my head would have even come close. So no, no. The um, I'm looking at uh, NPD sales numbers, and um, they 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 have a chart showing biggest video game launches by their first month. And yeah. um, the uh, Grand Theft Auto V sold 29 million units in its first month. Um, and then the second Holy place to that. 
fuck? The, the second place of that was Halo 3 with 3.3 million units in the first month. So Overwatch... That's kind of a... A gap. Yeah. So well, so Overwatch Overwatch is still, still in its first two weeks. It's still in its first two weeks. Yep. I don't own a copy yet, and I will have one. Yep. So it's like. I think it's. I think they'll be second on that list. It's going to be hard to. Oh yeah. Yeah. To to topple those staggering GTA Five. You mark my words. Blizzard is going to take of all the properties they have that people love. They're going to take this one and develop it into something that can move to a bigger screen, either. TV or movies, you mark my words. If they don't, they're fools. Um, yeah, we really got to fill the gap of the lack of WoW funds. Well, what it was is they actually said, uh, I read something online earlier this week um, that said that this this recouped the losses on Project Titan, which was supposed to be a lot of Overwatch characters and designs and concepts came from Project Titan and went from being an MMO and was shifted into uh, you know being a first-person shooter, so this re refilled their coffers, which is good because Blizzard is one of the few developers left that generally puts out a quality product, whether you like what it is or not. The genre of game it is or not, they always put out a quality product. So, more of that, please. Yes. Yeah, I'm not whatever. Blizzard hasn't done me wrong yet. That's right. That's right. Um, let's go ahead and scoot on to number four, Charlie. Oh yes. Mortal Kombat beer is coming. <laughs> yes, Mortal you, uh, you and about, I think about four other people oh, uh, posted this on my wall on Facebook. But I would so, yes. be willing to bet that I beat them to the punch because you were I the first. that shit. You were the first. I've been to be clear with everybody watching and listening at home. I have been off of Facebook all week. I'm taking a break from social media other than gamerhead and band related stuff. And I saw this and I was like, Charlie must know. I must tell him. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, so to give you guys, I'm going to do a little screen sharing for this particular story just to show you guys what it looks like. But uh, um, now we've talked about this before. Call of Duty and Fallout have done beer-related products, um, you know. And then there's some other geek and nerd culture beer stuff like, uh, you know, the Star Trek beers, which we've talked about and had uh, before. Charlie was nice enough to share with us. Um, but uh, Warner Brothers is getting into the game, and they're going to be – with Sound Brewery and Global Beverage Traders, they're going to be doing a series of beers based on Mortal Kombat X. Um, so let me go ahead and get the image opened up here for you so that you can see what we're looking at here. And there's going to be an Imperial Stout, an Imperial IPA, and an Imperial Saison. Um, and those will look a little something like this here. So you got uh, Sub-Zero's Imperial IPA, Scorpion's Imperial Stout, and Raiden's Imperial Saison. Now, there's more text here at the bottom of the label, but even in the image as I have it pulled up, I can't see what it says. So um, it's, not, uh, it's not legible, but I'm sure it'll probably talk about hopefully some really cheesily worded, like awesomely written, uh, horrible thing that talks about, uh, you know, whatever flavors were struck down by the god of thunder into this bottle or some crazy shit like that. That's what I want. So, yes, um, Mortal Kombat beer. Are you guys are you guys interested in and or excited about trying this? Um, well, obviously. I mean, do, do, I, do, do we just assume my answer here? <laughs> um, yes, the, uh, yes. I mean, yes, of course I want to try them. Um, I will say that my hopes are not high. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Like brand, like cross-branded sponsored beers like this historically have not been good. They're like, um, I mean, they have, I mean, just in general, I mean that um, the uh, the the only company that I am aware of, off the top of my head, that has that has successfully done like collaborations with like 
bands and like video games and like I think well I think they've only done bands as Three Floyds. Three Floyds has done um, the occasional beer with like uh, various like heavy metal and rock bands and uh, and they're you know Three Floyds is I, I don't think they know how to make I don't think they're capable of making a bad beer. So no, like, they, they have no. been, but I mean like. There's like the Iron Maiden beer, like there have been a couple like, you know, a couple uh, other crossovers and things here and there. The Star Trek beers that I've tried, um, you know, they're, 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 they're okay, but they're not phenomenal. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, there's, um, there's, there's been a couple, I think like Rob Zombie had a beer with somebody, I think um, there's, there's been a couple and it just historically across the board, unless it can, unless it's come from three Floyds, they, uh, they, they, they have not been good. Even like the fallout beer from, I never got a chance to try it. Um, cause, uh, it didn't really make it over here. It was, it was like a Europe thing if I recall, but the, uh, the consensus on those were like, yep, it's a beer. So, you know, that's about it. Um, the, uh, so it would be safe to say, Charlie, that licensed beer is much like movie licensed video games. Yeah, that, that that's kind of what I was going for. That's well, that, that's pretty maybe much. Maybe these will be the beers to kind of break the spell on that. So there is, uh, you know, with the original article uh, that was published, um, that was published uh, uh, by Gamespot earlier this week, they do give kind of a breakdown, a description of what was released in the press release form. So the Sub Zero uh, Sub Zero Imperial IPA is described as being a refreshingly cooling, uh, refreshingly cooling on a warm day and. In Imperial India Pale Ale that's not all about the hops or the malt, but is a whole lot of both fighting. See, this is what I want, a whole lot of both fighting it out for your palate's supremacy. Drink icy for more of the hops or warmer for your uh, for more malt, 8.5%. Uh, Raiden Imperial Saison. Um, I say Raiden from Metal Gear, but it's, it's Raiden in Mortal Kombat, really. I, I, it's, I'm tainted by Metal Gear. Um, Raiden Imperial Saison. This amped up Imperial Saison has a blast of hops and CO2 that will hit your tongue with a bang. You know, see again, more like themed beer. The aroma jumps out of the glass with its earthly and herbal notes not far behind. 8%. Um, Scorpion Imperial Stout, a unique blend of great Imperial Stout, brings both fire and ice into your glass. The fiery Southwest chilies and cooling Madagascar vanilla bean pair nicely with the exotic notes produced by our own yeast strain. 8%. Um, that it is going to be a limited release, and again, this is these are being uh, these are being brewed and um, distributed by Sound Brewery in Polsbo, Washington. So, um, I don't I don't really collect collectible beers. I want these. Like I just I would like one of each to keep to collect and one of each to drink, because that would be awesome. Um, do do you guys like Charlie? I don't even have to ask. I know you're <laughs> a dash to get these. Goat, any any desire or intent to get these? No. He's like, I'll just drink tap water, thank you. I just, uh, it's not worth the effort to track them down and all that crap. <laughs> right on, fair enough. Not for everybody, as well it should not be. Um, going to take a moment. Oh, yes, yes, uh, um, Mark, it's either Mark or Darcy have, mm. uh, have proclaimed, test your might. Yeah, but that's, that's wrong here. Him. Yes. That's wrong here. Is it? Yes, it's piss your might. After all three of them, maybe you might be right. So, <laughs> Moving on to number three. This is where the, the mailbag for the week takes a little bit more of a serious turn. Um, these, well, not serious, just a little bit more of a um, hot-button uh, sort of a perspective for some people. The Sims made an announcement this week that they are going to be removing uh, gender character-specific uh, restrictions on the creation of Sims coming up. So... Hmm. 
what they're describing as binary gender categories for clothes, hairstyles, accessories, and physical characteristics such as voice pitch uh, and its customization options for their characters. So um, Maxis, who makes the, the Sims games, um, put out a blog post. Uh, to be clear, too, the, everybody always thinks that EA makes these. EA does not make them. It's published by EA. Maxis are the ones that develop them. Um, they said that they announced the changes uh, for it based on the game's history in support of uh, LGBT community and it's the freedom that it wanted to offer everybody, including that community. Um, they were quoted as saying, The Sims is made by a diverse team for a diverse audience, and it's really important to us that players are able to be creative and express themselves through our games. We want to make sure that players can create characters they can identify with or relate to through powerful tools that give them influence over a Sims gender, age, ethnicity, body type, and more. Um, fortunately, unlike most stories that end on the internet, there's been a relatively positive reaction to this entire thing. A lot of times when this sort of stuff happens on the internet, everybody gets all butthurt and stupid. Um, but that did not happen this, this time. Uh, a lot of people really kind of put themselves out there, and, and whether it was in blog posts, Facebook, uh, Twitter posts, uh, YouTube posts, the commentary for it has been largely very positive so this is this is awesome this is awesome how do you guys feel about this uh yes yes <laughs> goat your thoughts nope not not getting into it nope not not your cup of tea hmm? he's like i no, want I my just, I, I want I my just, sims to be like, like they can't talk and they they either have a penis or a vagina at the end that's that's no, good I, I just stay out of all of that that's yeah. nope not my not my uh my topic of choice to uh, opine on. <laughs> right on. Um, to close out the article, uh, one of the developers for the company, Patrick Barrett, said, no other game has facilitated same-sex relationships before, at least to this extent, and some people figured that maybe we weren't the ideal ones to be first, but the developers decided not to alter the game code and to keep same-sex relationships in place uh, when it came to talking about the game. When it was demoed at E3 a couple of years ago, uh, that last quote was in regards to, um, you know, talking about including same-sex relationships in the game, and there was some controversy about that. And they, they kept everything the way it should have been. So, um, you know, good good for them, good for Maxis, good for EA uh, for, you know, giving everybody the options. You know, to be clear, for anybody who has, a, a, you know, a bug up their butt about the whole thing, does not change the way you want to play your game. That's the point is if you want your character to be you know, a short, stout, Danny DeVito-looking dude with a penis, and he is a dude, that is it. If you want him to be a, a, them to be a tall, skinny, blonde, you know, woman with a penis, then that is perfectly fine, too. Like, they're not they're not boxing you in. You can do whatever you want and whatever works for you, so good for them. Yay! Now, on the polar opposite side of uh, progress and good times comes an idiot uh, at number two this week, Capcom bans a pro fighting game player due to sexual harassment. Yay, idiots. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll talk about it. What makes it worse is this happened in our own hometown. Just this last week, Combo Breaker took place, which we kind of covered extensively last year. I, I would opted to not cover it the way that I did last year because I covered it extensively, and it was long, and a lot of the people who listened to that episode I don't think really play fighting games, so I opted not to do it this time, even though I checked it out, and it was good times. Uh, however, one bad thing came out of Combo Breaker, which takes place eh, like 10 minutes from my front door and about 45 minutes away from uh, Charlie and maybe an hour away from Goat. 
Um, competitive Street Fighter and Marvel vs. Capcom player Noel Brown has been banned from a series of high-profile fighting game tournaments following an instance of, quote, unwarranted and unwanted contact with a fellow attendee. The incident took place at the recent Combo Breaker fighting game tournament, was captured on video as Brown groped a woman while filtering out of an auditorium. What a douchebag. Uh, today, Capcom issued a, a statement, and this did happen. Uh, the statement was issued today, earlier, before uh, we started recording the episode. Um, on the matter, explaining that it's looked into the issue and found Brown's behavior inappropriate. He will be banned from the rest of the Capcom Pro Tour. But they did say that if something like this happens again, where he behaves inappropriately again, he will be banned from any of the Capcom-related uh, fighting game tours for life. He will not be able to come back at all. Not just compete, but he will not be able to attend either. Um, they said, we have worked closely with the tournament organizer of Combo Breaker to gather all details surrounding the incident. We have found that the victim, who wishes not to be named, has gone on record and confirmed that this wasn't an inappropriate act from Noel Brown and was not consensual. We do not condone any acts of harassment, and we want all of our players and fans to know we will continue our work to ensure that all Capcom Pro Tour events provide safe, inviting environments where the focus is on healthy competition and exciting rivalries. Um, the Combo Breaker organizers also, also offered a, a statement in regards to this scenario. They, it's a fairly similar thing where they said they just won't tolerate all this silliness. Um, they did say that the ban is going to go into effect in 2017 as well, while Brown's eligibility is being reconsidered for 2018. So he will not be able to compete next year either, um, at Combo Breaker at least, regardless of the rest of the you know Pro Tour. Um, the, the, the person who was wronged in this scenario provided a statement to the event operatives confirming and outlining the inappropriations of Mr. Brown's behavior, um, but did not want to comment any further in regards to their behavior. Now, what, what Noel Brown had to say about the entire situation was, we were playing around. Eh, not a good enough excuse in that scenario, man. Like... I've been in a lot of lines for a lot of conventions. I've been to a lot of shows and performed at a lot of shows and done a lot of things. And do you know what has never happened to me in all that time? Somebody has never said, you touched my boom. You know why? Because I kept my fucking hands to myself. Most people keep their hands to themselves. Don't put your hands on people you don't know or do not know well enough or do not understand well enough to not put yourself in this sort of a situation. Gentlemen, any thoughts on this scenario? Uh, a sea of dumbfounded faces. Well, I mean, uh, the, uh, this, if people would stop interacting, this would be so much better. <laughs> if people would just stay home and not be yeah. people. Like, we do just fine. I can't touch John's butt from here, and we're interacting. Everything's fine. Yeah, but the difference is, is you've known me for a decade plus. If you grabbed yeah. my ass, I'd just be like, ew, you nasty. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd just be like, Goat, I never knew you cared. I don't, but... um, Exactly, and that's exactly the response like, I would expect every time. This stuff is just... I don't know. It, uh, this is why humanity and I don't get along. Like, what moron in what planet thinks that any female wants you to grab... any Anyone, male, female, doesn't matter. Anyone wants to grab... You don't know wants you to grab them. They don't. Never. In the history of humans, has that been like, yeah. <laughs> I don't you know. I'm pretty around. sure that my wife, sitting on the opposite wall of which this show is streaming right now, wants me to touch her, which is awesome. Yeah. But you um, preempted that with the words, my wife. Yeah. Now, well, your wife be, probably doesn't want fair. me to touch her. See, no, so that, that works. No, I, would, I would be willing to bet probably not. 
<laughs> and um, I know this, so I don't yeah. touch your wife. <laughs> you know, here's what it comes down to. Um, before you do something like that, ask yourself, am I certain this person would be okay with this? And if the answer is not yes, then don't do it. Unless it's GOAT, in which case it is uh, always assume that he doesn't even want you standing next to him, let alone touching him, ever. But I think that... I think that's, that's the answer to the question. Am I certain that yeah. Goat would want me would be okay with me grabbing his ass? No, I'm not certain of that, so I'm not gonna do it. I would, are you talking about, are you, talking about you, Charlie? He would be fine with you touching his ass. He doesn't care. No. 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 <laughs> I hate sitting on people next to the or sitting with people next to the bus that may graze me. Like you're a person, I'm a stay the fuck away. <laughs> See, John, there you go. Like, why does the people live by my rules? No one would touch anyone if they live by my rules. We would never have no, any problems no. with this. Look, I've known goat for probably, what do you figure now, goat? 12, the human race 12 would also years. die off because no one would procreate goat. That's sort of, <laughs> thank God we don't live by your rules. Uh, yeah, maybe, I've known goat for maybe 12 years. In all this time, I have looked at goat more than once for friendship, digital Mindy shows, and VS for Villain shows, and said, thank you for your help. I appreciate you as a human being. Never once have I reached out and been like, Give me a hug. Give me a hug. <laughs> because I know that what would happen is he would shock me like an electric eel and my heart would stop and then I would die. No, so. see, I and I and see, I'm a hugger. Like you know, when when we, when we used to record the show here here, like before these guys would leave every week, I would give them a goodbye hug. It's like it's been a great week. Thanks so much. Uh, you guys are great. You mean a lot to me. And every single time, I could just feel goats like force fields going up. He, he would well, be like, what you have? Okay, I'll do it, but I really don't want to. Yeah, goat. I've hugged goat many times, to be truthful, and every <laughs> single time it has been a very solid ass out hug. <laughs> Every time, I would like to state. I would like to note that in the QA section, Darcy is saying to you, "Goat, non-committal fist bump for goat." Like she's yes. going in, but she ain't gonna touch you because she knows <laughs> that's that she's how be stung. See, Darcy and I have a very good rapport. She <laughs> understands how things work. That's amazing. And I applaud her for her understanding of how things work. That's good. It's very good. No, the only reason I let you two idiots hug me is because I know it, it's easier just to shut up and let you do it because it'll be dry longer if I don't. It's so good to know you care, goat. Like, why not try to be like seriously? Can I get a hug and be like, I could have been home by now. It's been two. I've hugged you for an hour. No, but you would whine about it for, until I hugged you. Oh my god! That's, you, that's, 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 you, yeah. So in in in, in the, so the light of being streamlined and actually being able to get out of my life, I'm like, yeah, whatever. Shut up. <laughs> uh. I, 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 I don't think I've ever felt more loved than I do right now. Goat, I mean this in the most loving way ever, but you are a hairy, a flaming hairy butthead. Yeah. <laughs> you, could, you could put that who as has, the show title if you want. Who has your entire set in his hands? <laughs> You're a beautiful man. I'm sorry. I didn't mean it. I'm just right. like, people aren't touchers. Why, did, did, why, is, why am I the weird one who doesn't touch people? That's true. So let that be a lesson. Don't touch strangers. Don't touch yes. strangers. Ever. Don't touch anyone. Even. Unless you're married don't, to them. Don't touch them. Don't touch goat or you're going to get banned from the Capcom Pro Tour. <laughs> There's a moral to this story. Yes. An oral surgery from the teeth you may have to replace. Don't touch goat or you're going to get banned from the pro gaming tour for the game that everybody's angry at because Capcom's fucking it up. Anyways, moving on. 
Um, I hate to take all the joy and silliness out of what we've been doing, but you know. Um, you did. You talked about people touching me. The human, the, the the human element and life is always going to take number one for me. Uh, whenever I'm putting the news stories together, so I'm going to pre-apologize right now if this is a sad way to end our news for the week, as it often seems to happen. But um, former Electronic Arts and Oculus executive David DeMartini passed away this week. Um, very well-known man uh, in the industry, not a name that you hear commonly on our side of the fence, but somebody who's made a, a lot of uh, effort and uh, contributed a lot to uh, not only electronic arts and gaming in general, but to uh, Oculus most recently. Um, sadly, he was the very young age of 56, and this was not an expected thing. So um, in recent weeks, Martini, known as Demar, uh, wrote on his Facebook page that he was undergoing a lung transplant. Um, his daughter, though, posted uh, earlier this week that he passed away due to complications from this transplant. So this was very, very unexpected. Um, veteran journalist and producer Jeff Keeley, um, who you guys know as the host of uh, Video Game Awards, um, two years running Video Game Awards, praised our Martini's uh, impact on the industry in his own Facebook uh, post on Facebook saying, I did interviews with Martini when he was at EA, and he always had a jolly sense of humor and a big laugh. He clowned around with Keeley in a video about EA's launch of the Godfather video game, um, where he pretended to beat up Keeley as if he were a mobster. Martini was a burly guy, and that was an easy role for him. Um, this is really unfortunate. He was with EA for 15 years. He joined that company in 1999, um, and he worked on projects starting with Tiger Woods PGA, which as riveting as it may not sound like it was, was a selling brand for electronic arts. And he also helped build the EA Partners brand, which enabled the publishers to partner with well-known game developers during that time too. So uh, back in December of 2013, Martini left uh, electronic arts to join Oculus as the company's head of worldwide publishing, which is not a small title. Um, he was there for eight months, and he stepped away in uh, July 2014, uh, at which point he began consulting. So, um, you know, this is this is rough, man. I mean, you hear about people passing away, and, and we lose people all the time in this industry whenever we're, we're talking about it. But never and rarely do you hear about somebody passing away unexpectedly. I think the last time we heard about somebody leaving us unexpectedly was, uh, you know, um, Satoru Iwata from Nintendo, uh, which was also a tremendously unfortunate thing, but uh, man, you know, 2016 has been a year, uh, a really, really rough year for uh, personalities of every sort um, leaving us and passing away, not just music stars, but video game related people. We've talked about a number of people who've left us this year, so hopefully the second half, because we're only halfway through the year, hopefully the second half of the year is a lot more generous because First half of 2016 has been a brutal beast. Um, that's going to do it for news this week, guys. Wow. You literally just ripped the air right out of the room. I'm glad we got a couple laughs in just before that because it's fucking sad, man. Lung transplant. That's not a small thing anyways. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> ah, moving on. Let's talk about something jolly. Uh, okay. What would that be? Uh, at this particular juncture in time, I do believe that we're going to be moving on to our feature this week, which is Puzzle Games. Puzzle Games.
the switch has flipped. That's right. So um, <laughs> when we we asked everybody earlier this week in the mailbag what it was uh, that they enjoyed in terms of puzzle games, which we'll talk about a little bit later for the mailbag, but puzzle games, man. We wanted to, Goat and I had came up with this idea to talk about puzzle games a couple weeks ago when Charlie was out of town um, and opted to save this for this week instead of doing it last week because we felt like this was a discussion that Charlie would want to partake in um, as opposed to racing games. It was actually, I said, let's do puzzle games. And Goat was like, no, 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 no. no. Charlie will want to do puzzle games. Let's talk about some shit he doesn't care about. Let's talk about racing games. I and was, he was uh, right. That was, that was wise. That was, that well, was quite wise. Quite I've, wise. Known, I've known the, the, the Technotronic Horn for long enough to know that there are a lot of things that he does not like, and racing games are in the top five, like, of, I, I, he just moves along. That's true. I would I would probably put MMOs at number two. Yeah. 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 So um, racing or racing games. Jesus, that was last week. Welcome, <laughs> welcome to uh, Time Warp Radio. Um, Wait, John. John, would yes. you say that was a portal you just did? I see what you did there. I appreciate it, um, and I hate it at the same time. Let's go ahead. Um, puzzle games, guys. Um, the history of. Let's talk a little bit about. Uh, our opinions on the history of puzzle games a little bit. So, by your estimation, what would you guys say is one of the earliest puzzle games that you could recall? Pong. Um, Tetris. Alright, Tetris. Um, I I have this thing in the back of my mind that arguably the original Legend of Zelda is a puzzle game. Because there's... When you start that game, you have to figure out which way to go, what to do. There's kind of a at the start of that game, there's a right way to do things, and they just dump you in there with no instruction. Um, would you, would you, would you fight me on that? That that's that the original Legend of Zelda is a puzzle puzzle game. Yes, all day. Really? You think so? It's Pure action, action adventure. Action adventure or RPG? Those are the only two. Even you though that. there are puzzles inside of the, the traditionally inside of the Legend of Zelda's game worlds, like good puzzles too. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I think that's arguably... the uh, adventure part. Yeah, I, th- I think I think arguably all games are puzzles to some degree. I mean, oh, like yeah, you're trying to get the end of them. Well, I mean, how do I beat this boss? Oh, I found his weak spot. I mean, like yeah. that Charlie could arguably abstract, be a puzzle. Man. So I mean, like, <laughs> well, no, I know, I just mean no, like. It's true though. Um, and so, so I, th- I think I think all games are are puzzles to some degree. I mean, even even well, hell, even racing games are just like you know when you get into the 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 you know when you, the the more advanced simulation types, it's just it's 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 you know there there's logic and reason and and you know science behind it, but there's it's it's something of a puzzle to to you know to to figure out how to put together like the best car parts like you know in, in one of those like you know more advanced simulation type games and so you know it, it's it's I, I think I think if you if you get into that the line gets super super blurry um, so I, I think that a puzzle game is is minus all the things that make other games other things like if it's when it, when you know when you add in action adventure and story and 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 all those other things um, I think I think that I don't. I don't say this to make puzzle games sound primordial, but it almost evolves them out of being puzzle games, and now they're something else. Um, would you Would you define Would you define early point and click puzzle games like uh, like Myst or Riven as puzzle as to be puzzle games? Well, so yes, because the sole purpose of that is to solve the puzzles. The only walking around is to get to another puzzle. 
Well, then, then, then would you would you classify the Elder Scrolls games as being puzzle games because those are essentially similar to the games we just talked about, but in a three D format where you can move entirely. No, because you can kill people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, I guess that is a, a like what I'm saying. Game. Like, and I, I agree with Charlie here. Like a puzzle game would be like the the entire game is a puzzle. It, the, the aesthetic is to go to puzzle to puzzle to puzzle to puzzle. There is nothing. There's no killing. There's no nothing. It literally is just puzzle after puzzle after puzzle. That's a puzzle game. So like okay. Numa, Tetris, you know that. I think so it comes down to. I think it comes down to what's the focus. I think. Yeah. You know, the um like the focus of Zelda was not figuring out how to play it. The focus of Zelda was. Is it the princess? Was was well that there was a story, but it was it was less about. Figuring out how to play it than it was just about playing it. You know what I mean? Like, I th- mm-hmm. if, if that makes sense. Um, I mean, like, even if you go way, way farther back, Zork. I mean, like, you know. Oh when yeah. You're, oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you know, like Zork was. I I would not call that a puzzle game, but it it definitely had a lot of the same kind of things you're talking about with, with Legend of Zelda, and that you're dumped into this world with no instruction, with like no with no references or like yeah, really anything. It's just it's it's a text thing. Like you just have to type and figure out what to type. So I mean, like, is there puzzling to it? Yes, but the focus is not solving the puzzles. The focus is the story and the experience, and I think that's the difference. All right. Yeah. All right, that's true. So, so let's talk. If if we kind of agree on on a little bit of of like puzzle game history, what what is? Let's close that portion of it out by saying, what is the earliest puzzle game that you can remember? Oh man, let me think. What I think, yeah. I mean, like like for what for me, I'm. I'm sh- oh, sorry. sorry. Just to pop in here, I'm gonna go really early, and and I think this fits the bill. But I'd say um, uh, Breakout on the Atari, where you've got the pop, the entire point of the game is to bounce the ball out and clear all the blocks out of the play space. Hmm. See, now, I, I would also debate that that's... I would not call that a puzzle game, because okay. it's, it's, you know, it's... it's The, the the difference for me is that a puzzle game is about figuring out how to solve it and less about the skill of solving it. To me, breakout is 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 much more about skill than figuring out a puzzle. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, so Tetris wouldn't fall on that either. Well, actually, you have a good point there. Um, that's valid. Mm. Um, I don't know. So the first game I remember as being a really good puzzle game would probably be Shadowgate. I mean, if you want to get technical, if you want to get technical, you could even call Minesweeper a puzzle game. It is. You know, and that game's that's, old as shit. I would say that that's a puzzle game, yes. You know, like, like puzzle games go back a pretty a pretty far way. And I mean, I guess there are different types of puzzle games, too. Is it like Minesweeper is a, uh, like, I don't know what you call it, an action reveal type game, a hidden object game, maybe, would you call? Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know what you would call it, but. A digital tabletop game. All right, there you go. All right, I'll take that. Hmm. I'm sitting here contemplating like <laughs> history of like what what's the earliest I can remember. It aside from something like Tetris or Dr. Mario, um, I think one of the earliest puzzle games that I could recall. Or uh, here I'll do it like this. What what it was that dawned on me was irrevocably a puzzle game, no matter how I tried to slice it. Was either Lemmings. Or the Lost Vikings, both of which I love, but infuriated me to the point of throwing multiple oh, controls as a child. 
Uh, yes, ag- yes, agreed. I, I, I was not able to play Lemmings just because I oh, just... I beat the shit out of Lemmings. <laughs> um, it just, uh, yeah, it just it, it didn't tickle my fancy. But um, Did it make you sad okay. that you killed the Lemmings, Charlie? Did it make it start, what's that, say what? Did it make you sad that you had to kill the Lemmings? It, it did a little bit, yeah. I, I, I believe that. Feel... I actually believe that. <laughs> I believe that. Uh, Dar- uh, Darcy has said that um, Minesweeper is a logic puzzle. Perfect. I, I okay, can't think of a better explanation. So I, I've, I've been live wikiing here, and according to Wikipedia, which is as close to we're going to get as fact, um, let's see here. The very first one is Flag Capture on the 2600, which is a precursor of sorts to Minesweeper. Okay. All right. Okay. So they define... Uh, a puzzle game as uh, puzzle games focus on logic and contextual challenges, although often the game adds time pressure and other action elements. Alright. I'll take it. Sold. (laughs) So there's that. Okay, so this makes me think... um... I just thought about about something else that I had not considered uh, what puzzle games were concerned. Um, did you guys ever play in the in? It was called something different in Europe. In the United States, um, it it was released as Out of This World. Did you guys ever play that on the Super Nintendo? Oh yeah. Another World. It was called when it was originally released. Oh, I have that on my Xbox One. They re-released it for the 20th anniversary. I would call that a puzzle game because it was a trial and error type yes. game. Um, you had to do things the right way, and there was a wrong way to do everything. Yeah, that I'd... and Flashback. Both of no. those games were made by by uh, Delphine Software, I think. I would uh, call both of those US games, um, especially Another World, I would call those uh, broken controllers because that's all it gave me. <laughs> oh, I fucking loved those games, that, man. I don't care what anybody says. I just uh, you're 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 both right um, on that one. <laughs> the um, yeah, For I mean sure. yeah, with, with, yeah, with, with with Out of This World, Another World, I mean like the focus was figuring out each each scenario that you were given. I would absolutely call that a puzzle game. Mm, mm. And those fucking little red doodad guys that popped up and <laughs> killed you instantly. Yeah, no, it was fucking infuriating. Are are there any games that, that you guys um that you guys could remember from the the older days, before we get into the obvious stuff of the now puzzle See, games from now, anything you guys recall fondly as being puzzle games from back in the day? See, I, I was always one of those big point-and-click guys, like Shadowgate, Maniac Mansion, and all that stuff when I was in the NES era. Those mm. are the puzzle games I played. Yeah, I remember Maniac Mansion. I played that when I was younger, too. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, actual, I mean, there was, like, it, yeah, I mean, that era, uh, the closest to a puzzle game I played was Othello on my Atari. Oh, fuck, man. Battle Chess. Oh, man. That's, I guess, <laughs> technically, I used to love Battle Chess when I was a kid. Um, I didn't God, get really into dating ourselves here. Jesus. Yeah. I didn't get into puzzle games really until like Game Boy, original Game Boy when uh, they uh, released Kicks. Oh wow! Oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, I burned through a lot of double A's batteries on that game. I was gonna say I was gonna ask if something was a puzzle game, but I don't think that is. I don't think that counts. I was gonna say Life. Bubble Bobble, Bubble Bobble, but that's not a puzzle game. Um, oh yeah, no, that's more about skill. Um, I would. What else was Cubert? Cubert wasn't a puzzle game. That was a skill game too. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. You just bouncing yeah. around doing stiffs. Yeah. So, um, something that I remember fondly. One of my favorite puzzle games. Um, that that's older. That was a while back. Two games that nobody remembers or talks about. Um, but were both awesome at the time. Do you guys remember Intelligent Cube? 
IQ. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh my god, that game was so cool. So I'm gonna I'm gonna screen share uh, just to show everybody the the cover of what this game looked like. It was um, here. It was. Let's look at it here. Well, while you're killing you time, I'm gonna get a taste of my shit here. I need this a... is Intelligent Cube, so it? It, it's really kind of hard to tell what this looks like from from what it plays, but like. It was a puzzle game where these blocks would rotate. You could rotate them and move them, and you had to move the little guy around the blocks without getting smashed. And each puzzle got harder and harder than the last one. And then there were modifier puzzles. And this faster. game, this game still, uh, this game still retails for light or not retails. You can get it aftermarket for a pretty pretty penny. It's actually oh, so call it, expensive. Favorite. Yeah, it is. And they did some sort of a like sort of sequel to it that did not do well. Um, but I love that game. Did either of you guys own it? Uh, yes. Yeah. I did not, but a friend of mine currently does, so I've played it recently. Oh, it's so good, man. It's infuriating. That's the thing with puzzle games. is like They're the only games that piss you off to a point where you feel glad to be angry. <laughs> uh, Charlie's, Charlie's rubbing his eyes, and he's not, not even like, are you thinking about the puzzles, Charlie? No, I have allergies. <laughs> oh, that's unfortunate, too. Go. What were you gonna say? You do realize that the Intelligent Cube is available on Android. What? <laughs> yep. That that was the sound of um. Apparently that was John's squee we just heard. That was a squee. I'm <laughs> I'm both not sorry but ashamed somehow at the same time that that sound uh, came out of my yeah. face. Yeah. Um. I'm going to be investing. I'm not sure. Um. So let's let's scoot on and talk about modern uh, puzzle games. Can you guys? Can you guys? Well, hold on. You guys didn't really mention puzzle games that that were a little bit older that meant something to you or, or struck you in a certain way as a kid. Anything you guys can think of? You know, the Intelligent Cube is actually the one that I was going to mention. So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I'm sorry, I stole your thunder, Charlie. No, no, no. It's no, it's fine. It's it, it's worth stealing. Um, the um, you know, aside from that, um, I. The, the 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 majority of ones that, that that come to mind um that that I would want to talk about are more modern ones just because um just because they're there was they're, they're just what's in my head right now so I'll I'll save most of my uh most of my mentions for for that segment. Goat, any any that uh, stuck with you when you were younger back in the day? Yeah, uh, but to answer your question quickly, John, uh, Intelligent Cube right now is going for anywhere between one hundred and fifty and two hundred dollars on Holy the internet. Holy shit! Lord! Holy shit! Yeah. For, for sealed or just any any kind uh, of sealed is two hundred. I've seen oh, some down here used for fifty. God. Um. Yeah. IQ was the second one that didn't go so hot. Mm. The same one. I can't remember. I think IQ was the second no, one. No, it was that was the like faux follow up to it. Didn't uh, really... Oh, there you go, John. Uh, disc only, no case is forty bucks. <laughs> Dude, I'm so fucking mad. I saw a I saw a copy of it in the case at fucking uh half price books like six weeks ago for forty five dollars. Damn it. Yeah. yeah. Right, I should have told you something. Yeah. Oh man, that bums me out. Usually right. they're fairly accurate in their pricing of things, but whatever, you know. Sorry, Can't catch Jim. them all, I guess. Well, it's Pokemon, so it's probably not. But um a terrible fucking joke. God damn it. That wasn't a joke, that was a fact. But um <sighs> Hmm. Uh, see, so I, I, I didn't play a lot of I, I didn't play a lot of that that stuff. Hey, oh here's one. Here's the fuck. Would you guys consider the original Boy and His Blob on the NES a puzzle game? Uh, 
Yeah, had to feed see. him the right jelly bean jelly beans to get to the right places. Yeah. Really. But see, that that fills my question too, though, is like um, like Phantasmagoria on PC. Oh, oh my God, you just fucking took me back, man. That Would that like, be yeah. considered a puzzle game? <laughs> Um, kind of. I mean, like Seventh Guest, kind of a yeah, thing, right? Seventh, yeah, yeah, those, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's the shit I played when I was a kid. Miss Seventh yeah, yeah. Guest, all yeah. the Phantasmagoria, all thirteen discs of Phantasmagoria. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Um, yeah, I would definitely say that. Um, I mean, you know, like okay. if, if if we're if we're taking skill games like Tetris and Doctor Mario out of out of and 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 uh, Breakout out of the mix, mm-hmm. then as far as something that's more about the puzzles, I mean, Seventh Guest is definitely one of the older ones I can think of. I mean, like, and that's not even that old, relatively yeah. speaking. Oh, and it, don't um, forget its its counterpart in Eleventh Hour. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, See, that was the puzzle world I I, I grew up in. So I yeah. didn't know if that was if that was prevalent or you know if I was just one of the hipsters of my time playing puzzle games. Both, both. That explains the bearded eight. <laughs> so Charlie has a bearded heart, and you had a beard when you were eight. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. What did I have? A life. <laughs> no, I assure you, I did not want to live in that age range. Don't be using the L word on me, son. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, so a lot of people would consider the original, or I guess have considered the original Odd World. Abe's Odyssey. As oh yeah, that's a puzzle, a puzzle game. game. Would you consider that a puzzle game? Oh yeah, because oh. I mean, you're trying to get the people. I mean, it's like Lemmings. If Lemmings is a puzzle game, all right. It's, it's Abe, actually next. It's actually closest to another world, like in terms yeah. of you, yeah, you get a absolutely. you get a screen, you got to figure out how to get through the screen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No wonder I love that. Do you guys remember Heart of Darkness? That was supposed to be a hand-drawn yeah. game. It was a PlayStation One game that was yeah. kind of in that same style. I remember being excited for that. For yeah. those of you who are under under the age of 25, <laughs> if you've never heard of some of these games we're talking about. The good thing about puzzle games versus a lot of other types of games, they um, usually they come on an age Android. well. <laughs> they age well. Like it does. Yeah. Like like good puzzles don't need a fancy facade in order to be good enjoyable. Puzzles. Like you can you can go back and play uh, old puzzle games and still get what the developers what? intended for you to get out of them by playing them again. So go back and do that. John, mm. I, I'll say this: chess is still around and relevant. <laughs> that's, that's how puzzle games work. I wouldn't say it's relevant, but it is still around, and I really? appreciate chess. <laughs> they still have teams. When was the last time? Dude, I'm on the speech and debate team at the college that I go mm. to. That doesn't mean it's relevant, sir. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, I'm just saying, you know. There's a crowd for every venue. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> Otherwise, Tijuana donkey shows wouldn't be a thing. Anyways, uh, that's mostly because I stopped kickstarting them. I got the exact reaction I was hoping for. Charlie going, what, 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 what? We gotta move on. She's all um, like, pony, pony, pony. What donkey? Nope. Nope. Oh, oh god. Oh, I mean, god. It works. You, you see, I, I unsettled him. You ruined his night. Yeah, that's the ruining his night is admitting the fact that I, they stopped happening because I stopped backing kickstarters. There you go. Oh, so let's move on to the show, shall we? Um. So, so modern mo- modern puzzle games. <laughs> what what by your guys' estimation would be a modern one puzzle of, game? One of, no, not a modern puzzle game. What would by your estimation would be a game that revitalized puzzle games in a modern setting? Mm, I'm not sure that anything has. I feel like there's been it's been kind of consistent. Like well, especially Portal. especially well Portal was one. I mean Portal like put them back on the map where people are like, "Holy shit, like you just got to solve this." Yeah, and huh, then like I'm, who knew? 
there was that, and then looking at um at the handheld market, I mean, like all the the Professor Layton games. I mean, like, oh yeah, those ones. Yeah, they, those are totally puzzle games. I didn't even oh, think yeah. about that. Yeah. But that's a good yeah. pull, man, for sure. That and um um puzzles and dragons, those have always been big. Hmm. Um. So I'm I'm not sure I'm not sure that puzzle games have seen a resurgence, if John, if that if that's kind of what you mean. I feel like it's been kind of they've been kind of steady. Um. They've always but, been there. Just I'm gonna I'm gonna cite two games that kept the wave rolling. We'll say it like that. Uh, I'm gonna say Braid because Braid was a sort of puzzle game, uh, and of course Portal, which you mentioned already, and then right. maybe Super Meat Boy to a little to a degree because even though Meat Boy is a well, platformer, there is a right and a wrong way to do those to get. I would like, agree with pluses. you, John. Yeah. Um, the 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 action puzzler, uh. Explosion there of like the oh five era with like the mm-hmm. explosion mans and the meat boys and the insert anything else here uh, exit n plus all that stuff really brought it back too. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's talk about the uh, the impact. Let's talk about the impact that Portal had on puzzle gaming because I don't think that people realize how. Not only huge that game ended up being for gaming, but puzzle gaming, but how much reach that game has had in over a decade. Well, the song's been like, internationally. It's... Yeah, I mean the song yeah. for sure, <laughs> but it's not just the song. I mean, like we had what... Glados on our show last year, two years that's ago. True. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I think one of the big reasons why Portal was was as successful as it was. I mean, like aside from the fact it was an excellent game, the the fact that it was such a sleeper hit. Like well no that that's uh, an, 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 an unexpected hit I mean like Portal was was an was it was in the orange box isn't it Yeah it was it was basically a throw in into the orange yeah. box I mean yeah. like I I don't I don't think Valve or anybody had any clue that Portal was gonna take off like it did I so. remember when those trailers launched though like I was oh, God that might have been the peak of my gaming just as a casual gamer like I those trailers. I watched them over and over and over and over and over again, and the concept behind them and the way that they were executed was so brilliant. And oh, yeah. there hasn't really been anything like it since then. But the orange box itself was amazing. That's a whole other fucking thing. Um, we could talk about compilation, gaming compilations at some point, and that would be at the top of my list easily. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, definitely. But, but then um... they followed up with Portal 2, and it, it improved on everything... Um, that the first one did amazingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely see Portal, you know, kind of, kind of ushering in, like, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm sure it spawned a whole bunch of like, you know, like, like, you know, like, uh, well, inspirations, you know, from people who like, you know, who uh, enjoyed Portal. I mean, like, arguably, um, you know, the um, I can't think of any good examples off the top of my head, but, but I, it's, I almost wonder if. Like you know, like The Witness, for example, is is very much more inspired off of like Mist and Riven, you know, games like that. But um, I wonder if 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 it weren't for kind of Portal being, um, kind of you know maybe maybe proving that a market still exists for like modern, you know, especially Portal Two, like modern big budget like dedicated you know uh, like puzzle games. Really, I wonder if Portal if Portal and Portal Two had it happened, I wonder if we would still be seeing The Witness, because Portal Two kind of proved that it was viable. I don't know. No. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. Um, the small amount of history before we, we start kind of closing things up. So Portal influenced a lot of games. 
but Portal started out as a, a student game. Um, the concept behind it came from a student game called Narbacular Drop, which I remember playing before Portal came out and had no idea that the two were associated once Portal was announced and came out. Um, Portal's a much better title. It was, well, <laughs> if you're familiar with DigiPen University, DigiPen University students built this as a, uh, as a concept game, and one of the programmers for it, even though this person did not come up with the, the concepts for the game, they programmed them. Kim Swift um, has been kind of the, the public face of, of Narbacular Drop becoming Portal, and she went over to Valve, and she did that, and then she left Valve, and then she did Quantum Conundrum, if you guys remember that game, um, which was considered like a, a Portal knockoff, um, and everybody thought she was going to bring some thunder with that, and ended up being well-respected, but ultimately forgotten um, over time. So, and then... Um, I would I would liken two other games to Portal in a way that they were similar in their presentation, which one of which we talked about very recently, which was Numa, uh, Breath of Life, which was a Games for Gold and uh, I think PlayStation Plus uh, free game at one point recently. Charlie, we talked about that. I don't know, like at the end of 2015, didn't we? Yeah, I wouldn't call it a good game, but yeah. But it, it was, was a puzzle, puzzle game. It was technically a puzzle it was. game. Though. It, was, it was absolutely a puzzle game. It just it wasn't a very good one. Yeah. And then I, I mentioned the gamer score made up for it. No, that's true. The thing See, is, I gotta board that everywhere. Do that. I gotta get back in there and do that. Um, I also mentioned that I've been playing Talos Principle. Talos Principle. It doesn't play like Portal, but it does. It it. You could tell that it was probably influenced by Portal, but it's not. I don't know how to explain it. It's definitely got a it's its own thoughtful underlying concept behind it, um, but. Anybody who loves these games that we've been talking about, puzzle games of any sort from back in the day to now, I really recommend Talos Principle. It's a small game developed by a very small handful of people, a small unknown company that is incredibly thoughtful. So they even make a couple of portal jokes in there. There's oh, man, that there. was a muted sneeze. Yep, Ooh, sure was. Oh, that was amazing. <laughs> Masterfully done, Charlie. That's all. Here, golf clap for you. <laughs> golf clap. Um... There's even a cube in the game that you stand on. Sorry, it's not a cube. They even joke around about that in the game that it's a tetrahedron, um, <laughs> you know. And uh, there's, wow. a, there's an achievement, a Steam achievement for it. I think this came out on PlayStation Four as well. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Sir. Yep. Um, they there's even an achievement you can unlock or a trophy called it's it's a tetrahedron, which is a hey, it's not a cube, it's a tetrahedron. And there's a couple of like there are QR codes plastered throughout the game. And you can walk up to them, or you can use a QR code scanner, which I can't imagine why you would, and it'll tell you the same thing on the scanner. Um, conversations with people arguing about what it is, and one person's like, it's not a cube. It's got convex corners, which makes it a tetrahedron. And then one person's saying, it doesn't matter. It's still largely, you know, it's four-sided. It's a cube, and they're, like, arguing about what it is. So there's a, there's a little bit of a, like, hey, Portal, we acknowledge you, but it's not Portal. I recommend you try it. It's going to make you... It, it asks you questions about yourself. You're playing a robot running through a series of tests just, like, like endlessly, and it asks you existential questions about why you're a person, and you answer them, and then it comes back at you occasionally and says... It gives you an assessment early in the game of yourself, and my assessment was so accurate, it was disturbing. Uh, it unsettled me, actually. 
Interesting. Um, I didn't know about that side of it at all. I've been it, I've been it, wanting to play it just because of the you know of how highly it's regarded, and I enjoy puzzle games. Yeah. I had no idea that it had that in it though. That's interesting. It's unique. I think you'll appreciate it. That's all I have to say on that. And then the last puzzle game I'll talk about without going into it and just say that I believe it's a puzzle game. And my very first episode on this show talked about this, so I, it's a, got a special place in my because it's one of my favorite games of all time. I do believe that Shadow of the Colossus is a puzzle game. I can a, see that. A damn can, fine yeah. one. Too. The um, yeah, no, I if if, if yeah, I'm on the fence on that one. Shadow of the Colossus. There's a right, there's a right way and a wrong way. Um, yes, but then we come back to the question: is 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 the game about figuring out how to beat the Colossi, or is it about the skill of beating the Colossi? I, I think that's what it comes down to. Um, because having a map. <laughs> and a sword that tells you what to do, right? Go. Yes. And really poor controls until you adjust <laughs> to them. Um, so, so a couple of puzzle games I want to call out, but I, I won't talk about it much just because uh, we're, we're running long on the tooth here. Um, uh, there's, there's four puzzle games that come to, to mind that, that I just have really enjoyed over the years. Um, World of Goo, uh, which is primor- primarily oh, yeah. yeah primarily a mobile game, but I believe was available on, on the on the Wii. Um, which yeah, I think I think it's actually where I played it. Um, it launched as a PC title, actually. Yeah, yeah with the ink and all that crap. Yeah, that was on the Wii. Yeah, yeah. World of Goo is amazing. Um, Limbo is arguably a puzzle game in the same vein as um, um, uh, Another World and uh, and a and um, mm-hmm. that was a good one too. World. Braid, yeah. Braid, similar kind of a thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, Catherine. Um, definitely one of the most unique puzzle games I've played in quite I some time. I can't believe I forgot that. That is such a good game. I and, tried and, to forget that game because I still don't know what happened in that game. No, I, uh, I'm not. I'm not going to disagree with you there at all. Um, and then the last one, which is which is a true, like unarguably a puzzle game, and I think one of the one of one uh, one that not a lot of people have played. At least that, that's my impression. Have you guys ever played any of the iterations of Picross? Oh, P I C R O S S Picross. I always call Picross. Picross is a whole different thing that you're not supposed to. Don't yeah, cross the streams. Yeah. You beat me to what I was about to <laughs> it's say. It's Picross. I like that all of our minds went to be like you know don't okay. don't pee in each other's. It, it, it's probably Picross. I don't know, but yeah. yeah. So have you guys played this? Uh, I'm going to. It's downloaded. Uh, the Pokemon version is downloaded on my 3DS. I just I have at a moment. No, there was a Pokemon version. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so if you if you guys aren't familiar with this, it's based off of um um much like Sudoku. It's I mean it's it's nothing like Sudoku, but. It is. It is, <laughs> it is amazing. I love a puzzle that starts. It's such like not like this, in the way I mean, that it's, it's nothing like this. What I was going to say <laughs> is that it is much like Sudoku in that it is based off of another like ancient like Asian puzzle game. Um, it is that has nothing in common with Sudoku except for that it has similar origins. Um, but uh, you are basically given a grid, and the grid is surrounded with numbers, and the numbers um, on on each on each ledge tell you how many. So let's say it's a ten by ten grid, right? If there is a ten next to a row, that means that all ten, you know, if it's a ten by ten, all ten uh, cells in the row are supposed to be filled in. If mm-hmm. it has a five, that means that there is a solid block of five, but it doesn't tell you where. So then you have to cross-reference with the with the vertical values. To, and, and you just have to take, go through a process of logic, comparing comparing rows against columns to figure out which which dots you fill in and which ones you don't. And and in some cases, it gives you a three and a two. Like that means that there is a block of three, and then there is a block of two. But in and of itself, it does not tell you where. Um, 
but then you can you can make some assumptions like if it gives you a 9 for example and if it's a row of 10 that means that you know that no matter what the eight middle cells are filled in you just don't know if the ninth one is at the beginning or at the end so you can make assumptions and figure out you know kind of you, you can make logic guesses as you go and then logical deductions and at the end of this after you filled in your dots it makes a picture and that's why it's called you know picross is that it, you know it makes a picture out of you know the, this this cross grid you're filling in um it's a logical it is, coloring book um, well, they tried. I, I've I played. I don't. I think so. So there, there there's actual Picross, and then there's Picross 3D. Uh, these are both uh, DS and 3DS games. Um, um, I guess they're both on both on. Even the 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 3D one is is take everything I just said and add a third dimension. So now you've got a cube that you're rotating in space and chipping away at to <laughs> to to make a to make an object um, out of out of squares. Um, it is it is incredibly. I mean, like, it's just, it's, it's so simple in its concept, and yet it is, um, I mean, it's, it's, just, it's just a lot of fun to play. Um, so if you, if, if, you, if you like games like Sudoku, where they're, like, they're like thinking like logic puzzles like that, um, just check out Picross. It's, it's worth checking out, for sure. But, um, right on. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> those are the ones that I've enjoyed. You know what else? Hmm. Just just dawned on me too uh, that I cannot believe we didn't mention as a puzzle game. Probably because two of us don't own a PlayStation Four and one of us barely ever plays it. Is the Witness that is a puzzle game? Well, we we mentioned I mentioned it in regards oh, to like it was you? it was missing, like, yeah. I mean, oh, we didn't really okay. talk about it, but it came up. Okay, um, there we go. Yeah, but um, you know, it. Uh, I mean, that's that's absolutely a puzzle game, which it actually dawned on me before I have to get back to it at some point. Um, I got I got stuck in there and I got to get back to it, but uh, <laughs> but. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. So so puzzle games go. Is there anything modern that you really enjoyed? You want to throw out there real quick? No. Because no. <laughs> I don't play puzzle games. I just play well, no. I mean, games, I, I mean, a lot of the puzzle games I play are technically just just skills. Like you know, I play Dragon Puzzle versus Dragons, and I play I, the newest iteration of Doctor Mario. I mean, actual puzzle puzzle games other than Numa. Uh. That's about it. <laughs> All right. Okay, so that's, uh, that's what we thought about puzzle games. John? That takes us on to the mailbag for the week. We asked you guys in regards to our feature this week, let's talk puzzle games. Which puzzle game has been your favorite and why? What is the key to a great or horrible puzzle game? Um, I'll go ahead and start off with my mailbag responses here for the week. Um, Dash said, I love Violet. It's got great art, and the storyline is amazing. The puzzles are complex and interesting, and they're all different from each other. I recommend the game. Now, I had no idea what the fuck Violet was. To be fair, and to her credit, I, his credit, color. I, I did not know. Um, so I'm going to screen share really quick just so you guys can see. This is a screenshot from the game Violet. This is what it looks like. Um, that's purple. It, it almost looks kind of like some of the puzzles in The Witness once that, you get into no, it. No, that, that, that's not The Witness? Are you sure? That is not The Witness. That is a game called Violet. And you can also check out this game at textadventures.co.uk, which uh, games be blah, 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 Violet by Jeremy Fries. Um, you can play it online. It looks like it might be a browser-based game. Um, wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. Oh no. Sorry. Go back. Oh, hang on. Uh, let me lock your lock lock your view here. Okay. So now, uh, I swear to God, that was the witness that you just had up there. Perhaps 
So, I, I think a Google image search may have led you astray. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. That's unfortunate. Well, regardless, I tried well, even, to... Look at the, go back to that. Look at the URL. It says the witness in the URL. Does it really? Jesus yeah. Christ, I've been lied to. <laughs> um, as a sham. Don't believe anything you read on the internet. Sure. Um, either way, show. I, I feel compelled to, to check out Violet based on Dash's recommendation. Thank you, good sir. I appreciate you. Um, Brian McGrath said... Um, well, you'll just play the witness, John. <laughs> he he, Brian McGrath. I'm, I'm gonna move on. God damn it, I'm short on time. Brian McGrath said, "I I like Unblock Me and MPQ, rudimentary phone app games, but good time killers." Darcy said, "Puzzles and Dragons because it's challenging and kind of like Pokemon, which Goat talked about. Awesome, Darcy, very good." John Kautsky said, "The Room, which we didn't fucking talk about." Which, oh my god, why did we not talk about those? Yeah, I still the, have the, not played the third one. Oh, fix that immediately. Yes. He said, no, not the shitty Tommy Wiseau movie. It's a series of games on iOS and Android that focuses on solving puzzles about contraptions. I love the interactivity, the creativity these games have to offer, and I'd recommend it to anyone. Um, Garris Redfield, who um, we do see sometimes on this show as just as Dustin, rather, sorry, Dustin, uh, let's go back in time to the world of Mist, Riven, and Mist Exile. Uh, one time B Squad co-host and friend Ricky Keller said another out of the box answer, but one uh, could argue that every game is a game of puzzles. There you go, taking it back full circle <laughs> to the beginning of the show, yep. or the beginning of the feature. There, from multiplayer first-person shooters to RPGs, they all resolve around trying different tactics until the correct path presents itself. For <laughs> then he follows it up by saying, "For a non-asshole answer, <laughs> I find that offensive. He's poking yes. fun of me. Hey, he's calling you an asshole, goat." Well, stop being an asshole, goat. Well, he's taking my answers. Yeah, I like puzzle games like Picross and there you go, Picross, uh, and Sudoku. Personally, there's a great depth in the interactive uh, simplicity. I ended up disliking The Witness, despite it receiving such great reviews and it being well designed. I don't think I could get past the idea that my movement as a player was represented by a person walking around in the game world in any way beneficial to the overall game. In fact, it seemed very out of place. Final answer: Tetris for life. Doctor Mario can bite me. Um, <laughs> April Choi said Mist and Riven also Dark Side of the Moon Joshua Dotson said Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is the hardest and most rewarding I conquered at age 17 my son just finished the water temple at age 7 proud father that's awesome Joshua uh, Sam Landing said threes and Joe Budka said dating it's pretty outstanding Let's let's be honest We've got some. We've got some responses in the players' club. Uh, Joe Moeller says uh, Luminous, uh, the audiovisual experience of those games oh, is unrivaled. I forgot about Luminous. I think um, I think I would I think I would put that in the same category as skill games like Tetris and, and those. Um, but uh, but a good game nonetheless. Um, Mitch Tayo, uh, probably about the biggest Witness fan that I know, um, said The Witness in all caps. Also Portal and the Talos Principle. Uh, the great ones have a perfect learning curve, the right balance of not too easy and solvable. Um, I, I agree with that entirely, but uh, despite them being, um, you know, um, amorphous, you know, uh, comments, um, you know, what's what's easy for somebody is not easy for somebody else. Um, uh, but, 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 uh, he also yeah, like college. Is, but yeah, yeah. Um, uh, he also continues a horrible puzzle game will try to do too much. Simplicity and elegance go a long way. I think that is the, the probably about the thing I, mo I agree with most out of this conversation and it's like when we, when we talk about um, when we talk about portal for example like I don't know about you guys but there were there were a multitude of times throughout portal and portal 2 where when I finally got through a room I realized that I was trying to make the 
like the the puzzle like way more complicated than than it really was, and um, I, I don't know if you guys experienced that at all, but uh, you know having something be deceptively simple I think definitely can go a long way, um, especially like when we're talking about Picross. I mean Picross is about as simple of a concept as you can get, but it, especially when you get on larger grids, it's very challenging. Um, and Matt Salutrick says uh, Mist, uh, Lemmings, and the Incredible Machine, another po popular game we did not mention. Uh, and of course Tetris, which um, uh, you know c categories aside, all excellent games. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's what we have in the players club, um, gentlemen. Unless my eyes deceive me, I do not see anything in the email box this week. No, no, no. Songbird is MIA. I'm sure uh, recharging her batteries to perplex us with another uh, another uh, conundrum for next week. No, it, it'll it'll be worth the wait. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Hey, really quick, it's occurred to me. Do you guys consider Tactics Ogre or Final Fantasy Tactics to be puzzle games? No. Not puzzles. The strategy, for sure, not puzzle. All right, fair enough. Just thought I'd ask. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, the, 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 the subject of what is classified as a puzzle, puzzle game became much more, uh, much more of a conversation than I expected it to be. It's interesting to think about it. Yeah, well, I mean, there, there's a lot there. Um, well, we got in the same topic last week when John tried to tell me Burnout was a racing game. You know what? I don't want to. You know what? I Charlie stopped the live stream. I quit. No. <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, okay. I'll throw in my two cents. I am. Um, I. I'll, I'll be honest. I have not had time to listen to last week's episode yet, aside from the part I was on, obviously. But um, <laughs> the uh, um, I would I would classify as it as an arcade racing game, but not a racing simulator. No, it's definitely it's it is a racing game. It is not a racing simulator. It's a racing game. You race. The point is to get from point A to point B before the other opponent. That qualifies it as a racing game. Yeah, that not makes Paperboy a, a racing game. Paperboy is a fucking you're, racing game. You're getting from point A to point B under a time limit. But you're not racing. Without, I mean, but you're not competing against anybody. You're racing the clock, Charlie. No, there was two Back players. We had to go through the. Uh, well, that, that's a mode. That's not the the, the point of the game. <laughs> but um, in, in Burnout, you are racing NPC cars or other players to get from point A to point B yeah. to win it's, the race. I mean, like, like it's... it's. I mean, that seems to be the final answer. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie, what were you we saying? We agree on that final answer, John. <laughs> um, no, just I... I, I, I you, you, you guys are adorable. Um, the... Uh, <laughs> It's okay. One day we'll find a we'll, we'll find a game we where Charlie's like, "Oh hell no!" Uh, the Dick train derailed Charlie's uh, train of thought there. It's true. It's true. It did. And it um, you know, it's okay. It happens. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's, yeah, that that's care of our mailbag for this week. So um, before we uh, so so before we move on to our plans for next week, um, um, gentlemen, what do do you guys have anything coming up that you'd like to talk about? Oh, costumes, man. Costumes. I, I, all I've done for the last two days is, I'm, I'm gonna put it out there now. I think my brother may have mentioned it online, but I'm gonna for for anybody that's not following my brother, I'm gonna mention it here. We are hoping to, um, when we debut this new show, we're hoping to play our entire new, very late, uh, record, second album, uh, Murder in the Art. We're we're aiming to play the entire record from start to finish. At Anime Midwest, and if there is any time left over, which there will not be time left over, um, we want to play other stuff. Um, so I'm I'm finishing writing about six songs for this record, 
Uh, I the six that are like written, you guys have already heard or seen live to some degree in the last uh, year and a half. The other half though were thrust upon me, and I'm like I'm trying <laughs> to finish them really quick. Um, so that's all I've done for the last two days. That lots of costumes, and I can't talk about this. I can't tell you what it is for sure because it may not be. There, all I'm going to say is this: for anybody who listens to the show that that it appreciates views for villains, keep the second of July open. That is a Saturday. Keep you said too much. Saturday, July the second, open. It is just the weekend prior to Anime Midwest because something awesome may be happening if it comes to fruition, and it likely will, and it will be great. Um, other than that, we're debuting a new drummer. A completely new villain. Um, we're goats building set pieces for our new show. Um, so it was JR and Ed. And there's just there's a lot happening. It's all costumes, villains, rehearsals. I'm tired thinking about it, but it will be all worth it. When we John, get John, I have summed it up to what we're doing right now as we're reinventing the wheel. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. That's good. Um, I'm already three weeks into it. <laughs> good. Yeah. Goat. I would ask what you're doing, but I have a pretty good idea. Um, nothing but everything. Um, well, since John can't keep his, 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 his lips tight, I, I'm building crap for villains. Not costumes, God, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, more, more, of, more of things that you can, um, you'll see. Um, none of which I'm telling you what they are. Uh, let's see, what else is going on? Uh, doing some other behind-the-scenes villainy work that I can't talk about, but it's going to be pretty awesome when it comes out. Uh, and then we're really close to Codename Phoenix being thrust upon the world in all of its first album glory. <laughs> yes. Well, since, since since you guys have both used the word thrust in your <laughs> descriptions of what's coming up in the next week. Uh, next, oh, next, God, pony thrust. Ne- ne- next week, I will be thrusting myself upon Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota. That's terrible. It's um, horrible wording. <laughs> um, yet, um, it's, uh, you guys, you guys, if you haven't, if you haven't been to a pony con, you, um, you, uh, you, you would, not, you might be surprised at, um. Well, never mind. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so so now, so so I may be on the show, but um, the next week's show, however, will be uh, important because it is our pre-E3 show, and so um, the uh, the uh, just because of the timing of everything, we're not going to be able to do the um, the the kind of show that we've done in the past, where we've had like uh, like last year's show, where we had like all the B squatters in the studio, where we had like a roundtable, like what our predictions were for E3. That was one of the mo- one of the most fun shows. Oh, I think, it was I so think much fun. But unfortunately, just because of timing and everything, that can, that's not going to be able to happen this year. But nonetheless, we are still going to do our E3 prediction show. Um, so at the very least, um, John and Goat will be covering that. Um, hopefully, I will be joining in on the conversation as well. If I don't think I'm going to be able to, I'll I'll definitely um, you know leave a leave a message of some sort so that you guys can you know have have my thoughts on the matter uh, in the mix as well. Um, but uh, so so that's our topic for next week, and likewise our mailbag question, as uh, as as you would expect, is what are your predictions for E3 this year? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if uh, you know, if you want to mention specifically Microsoft, Sony, and um, and Nintendo, like whatever they're gonna do, um, just uh, whatever you think is gonna happen at their like, who do you think is gonna win E3? I hate that, but it's a thing. Um, 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, so just just whatever you guys think is going to happen for E3 this year, just let us know what your predictions are. Um, and then after that, uh, we will be doing our best to cover the press conferences as they happen on Monday night. I will be home, and um, I believe uh, I believe we have talked about um, doing some doing some sort of coverage of the press conferences as, as they're happening, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll be announcing our plans for our our usual news roundup show because that usually takes up an entire episode by itself, and then our uh, our reflections show will be the week after um so we'll be all we'll be announcing our plans for that but for right now mailbag question for next week is what are your predictions for e3 2016 and and for anybody that well, i'm sure i'll mention it next week before we get to e3 2016 i every year for e3 i am fortunate enough to be off of my day job on mondays and i like i fucking like i dig in there it becomes a command center in the living room and i will uh, likely be excuse me, to some degree live streaming my E3 experience just so that any Gamerhead Radio or VS Villains fans that want to participate in my silly shit uh, are welcome to do so when I'm sitting there screaming at my TV going, hey, you're not getting E3. You know, John, if, you, if you're committing to doing that, um, uh, why don't we see about maybe we just do it on, you know, do, doing your doing it on hangouts like you know just you can just like no, do a no live streaming reaction so maybe we'll make a thing of it anybody that wants to charlie if it's early enough you're welcome to come over and watch them with me um and we'll stream that shit live otherwise it'll it'll be stream i'm gonna stream it live and you guys are welcome to you know throw poop at the proverbial screen of um you know e3 with me if you want like the crazy monkeys that we all are um so yes yes uh gentlemen i i do believe we can call that a show agreed um, so if you like what you heard, you can find us at GamerHeadRadio.com, at uh, Facebook.com backslash GamerHeadRadio, at Google.com backslash plus GamerHeadRadio, and on Twitter at GamerHeadRadio, where I am at T-E-K Charlie, John is at the Fallon Flynn, and Goat is at Sir Goatsworth. You can't read it, his, his lower third, because it's still 8-bit, but that's what it says, I promise. Um, kind of uh, you can. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, you can email us at editors at Gamerhead Radio or call in and leave us a voicemail at 94926Gamer, especially for um, for whatever your E3 predictions are. Voicemail is a great format for that. Um, and then um, please download the official Gamerhead Radio app on Android on, on the Google Play service, or you can um, uh, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitch, or with your podcast download of choice. Um, once again, thank you to everybody that's um, been watching live and uh, and participating and interacting with the show. Um, I'm sorry we didn't get to all of your comments, but uh, but uh, nonetheless, we appreciate you um, hanging out with us. Uh, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> and uh, and uh, yes. So, well, yeah, I, I had to squeeze one in, I guess. Um, so, uh, thank you very much for watching, listening, uh, watching, listening, downloading, however you consume the show. This has been episode 170 of Gamerhead Radio. But it is likely going to pee. To pee. It's going to pee. <laughs>
I have to pee. That's really what the problem here is. It's a Freudian. And, and, and right here is one of the benefits of the current format because normally this would have been something that would have been edited out and you guys would have probably never heard, but now it's just in yeah, the show yeah, for you now, all to now experience. Now it's just Fallon Flynn has a pee-pee pants. That's what he is. <laughs> if so, you hear any water running into a plastic bucket, it's definitely not John relieving himself under the counter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, pee-pee pants, pee-pee dance, either way. I have to have to urinate profusely. So... Um, so should we talk water games next week then? There, let's please God not. 